0: Good morning everybody. This is the beginning of a very special time of the year. The time of the year that we know as Advent. The time when we take a journey, at least in our hearts and our minds, along the road that leads us to the celebration of Christ's birth at Christmas. This year, our services are loosely based on a book by David Adam, who at one point worked at the uh, Priory on Lindisfarne, called Candles in the Dark. It happens by one of those quirks of the Holy Spirit that GRF Christian Radio, who we've just mentioned, are also using the same book as the guide or the basis for some reflections they have prepared for the Advent season. And it seemed therefore right to me, and it gives us some value for our money, let's face it, if we use those within our worship over the coming weeks. There's not going to be long sermons in these Advent services. It's going to be a little bit more experimental, a little bit slower, a little bit, hopefully, of a way to find some space. So we hear a call to worship, from Candles in the Dark, for the first week of Advent. The Lord is here. God's Spirit is with us. Blessed are you, Lord God of our ancestors. Your light dispelled their darkness. You revealed to them your presence and your love. You spoke to them as you would to friends. May we be aware of your coming. Rejoice in your presence, walk in your light, and abide in your love today and all our days. Creator God, at whose command light sprang from darkness, order dispelled chaos, and life began. We come to you now in this darkest season of the year amidst the chaotic preparations to listen for your voice. Redeeming God, by whose will life defeated death, good displaced evil, and eternal life began, we come to you now to admit our known faults, to lay down the guilt that clings, and to receive again your forgiveness sustaining God through whose presence faith, hope and love are reborn joy, gentleness and peace renewed kindness, patience and temperance expressed fill us afresh with life to travel adventurously with you this journey of advent in christ's name we pray amen
1: in these days of financial meltdown and climate catastrophe it's hard to stay hopeful but it was no different for our biblical ancestors abraham and sarah had lost hope of ever having a child but then God told them that he would make them the father and mother of many nations if they would only put their trust in him. And against their better judgment, they said yes. The people of Israel had resigned themselves to lives of slavery in Egypt. But then God told Moses that he would lead them into freedom if only He would play his part, and against his better judgment, he said yes. A girl called Mary had little hope that her fiancé would stand by her when she found that she was pregnant. But God told Joseph to take Mary as his wife, and against his better judgment, he said yes. Yes. And because they dared to hope, so we dare to hope.
2: Sunday morning
1: God of Mary and of Joseph
2: I hope
1: Teach us to travel hopefully
2: I hope
1: Teach us to live fearlessly I hope Teach us to say yes
3: morning is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, and we find this at page 155 in the Pew Bibles. Before our ancestor Abram had gone to live in Haran, the God of glory appeared to him in Mesopotamia and said to him, leave your family and country and go to the land that I will show you. And so he left his country and went to live in Haran. After Abram's father died, God made him move to this land where you now live. God did not then give Abram any part of it as his own, not even a square metre of ground, but God promised to give it to him and that it would belong to him and to his descendants. At the time God made this promise, Abraham had no children. This is what God said to him. Your descendants will live in a foreign country where they will be slaves and will be badly treated for 400 years. But I will pass judgment on the people that they they will serve. And afterwards, your descendants will come out of that country and will worship me in this place. Then God gave Abraham the ceremony of circumcision as a sign of the covenant. So Abraham circumcised Isaac a week after he was born. Isaac circumcised his son Jacob, and Jacob circumcised his twelve sons, the famous ancestors of our race. Jacob's sons became jealous of their brother Joseph and sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and brought him safely through all his troubles. When Joseph appeared before the king of Egypt, God gave him a pleasing manner and wisdom. And the king made Joseph governor over the country and the royal household. Then was a famine all over Egypt and Canaan, which caused much suffering. Our ancestors could not find any food. And then Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt. He sent his sons, our ancestors, on their first visit there. On the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers and the king of Egypt came to know about Joseph's family. So Joseph sent a message to his father Jacob telling him and the whole family, 75 people in all, to come to Egypt. Then Jacob went to Egypt where he and his sons died. Their bodies were taken to Shechem, where they were buried in the grave which Abraham had bought from the clan of Hamar for a sum of money. When the time drew near for God to keep his promise he had made to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had grown much larger. At last, a king who did not know about Joseph began to rule in Egypt. He tricked our ancestors and was cruel to them, forcing them to put their babies out of their homes so that they would die. It was at this time Moses was born, a very beautiful child. He was cared for at home for three months. And when he was put out of his home, the king's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. He was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and became a great man in words and deeds. Our second reading is taken from the first chapter of the book of Joshua, and this is at page 208 in the Old Testament section. After the death of the Lord's servant Moses, the Lord spoke to Moses' helper, Joshua, son of Nun. He said, My servant Moses is dead. Get ready now, you and all the people of Israel, and cross the river Jordan into the land that I am giving them. As I told Moses, I have given you and all my people the entire land that you will be marching over. Your borders will reach from the desert in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the great river Euphrates in the east, through the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Joshua, no one will be able to defeat you as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. Be determined and confident, for you will be the leader of these people as they occupy this land which I promised their ancestors. Be determined, be confident, and make sure you obey the whole law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not neglect any part of it and you will succeed wherever you go. Be sure that the book of the law is always read in your worship. Study it by day and night and make sure that you obey everything written in it. Then you will remember and be prosperous and successful. Remember that I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. Amen.
0: an adventure. An unusual, exciting, typically hazardous or exciting activity. That's how it is defined by one of the dictionaries I looked at this week. I don't know about you, but when I was a child, I used to long for adventures. I used to imagine myself going on trips to faraway exotic places, and I'd meet fascinating people. I used to like stories in which the hero or the heroine overcame incredible obstacles and did great feats. Perhaps you're different from me. I don't know. But I have a suspicion that as children, we think of adventures as chosen and exciting and wonderful. And so it is that as we are adults... And it doesn't always work out for us. Perhaps we find ourselves glued to our television sets, watching the exploits of naturalists and explorers, of astronauts and divers, of mountaineers and sports people, somehow through them living out our imagined adventure. (laughs) But what about our real lives? Again, if I think of myself as I've grown into adulthood, everyday reality overtakes the dreams. Perhaps we do achieve some of our goals. And maybe there are people with memories of that once-in-a-lifetime holiday to that amazing place, with photographs or artifacts that bring back a reminder of that moment of amazing happiness. Delight in achievement. Maybe we still have some dreams we long to fulfill. But I have a suspicion that if we're actually honest, life has become routine and familiar and unexciting and just possibly sometimes disappointing. And that can also be true of our faith in God. We may remember a time when it was all new and exciting, when we felt really, really close to God, and prayers just poured from our lips. The Bible was a treasure store waiting to be discovered. We were convinced beyond any shadow of doubt that we would do great things with and for God. And we'll all have those highlight moments Perhaps the moment of first commitment, perhaps the day of our baptism, the first time we shared communion, the moment when we got that new insight into some aspect of what it meant to be a Christian. But again, if we're honest, for most of us, time has passed and experience has dulled our zeal. We've discovered that prayer can be hard work. Sometimes we feel like we're talking to the wall. We've discovered that the Bible contains passages that make us uneasy, and we can't just dismiss them because we don't like them, but we don't always know how best we handle them. And our experience in church shows us that Christians are no less flawed or frail than anybody else. The people we think we can trust the best will let us down. The people we love the most will experience tragedy. And that church isn't this idyllic haven we once imagined it to be. At the beginning of Advent, there can be a kind of oh, not again feeling. Another enforced attempt at pretending to be excited about Christmas. Another let's pretend it's not everyday drudge going on in the background. Let's just ignore the struggles and the disappointments we've had. Because it's an adventure and it must be full of fun and it must be exciting. But actually, sometimes the reality is a hard slog through a relentless fog of uncertainty. Given that adventure and advent share at least some etymological roots. There is inevitably a degree of tension between a word that we associate with pleasure and a word that's linked with penitence, between an idealized preparation to celebrate Christ's birth and the humdrum rush of getting ready for Christmas. Perhaps we do well to look again at the stories of the patriarchs The men and women of ancient times, the founders of Israel, whose lives give us another way of thinking about adventure. And today, we're invited to consider some of those ancient adventurers, people who went on journeys into the unknown at God's behest, people who, despite what common sense or their better judgment dictated, said, yes, We heard part of the story of Abraham and Sarah, an elderly couple who, despite a lifetime of faithful service and religious obedience, had no heir. They must have been very disappointed. But at God's command, they left behind all they had, all they knew, and set off to a new place. So I'll show you when we get there, said God. We heard mention of Moses the privileged foster son of the Egyptian princess who abandoned wealth and a life of ease to lead a ragtag of slaves into the uncertainty of a nomadic existence, establishing a new nation under God's guidance. And we heard the beginning of the story of Joshua, a man who was charged with taking over after Moses died. When we met Joshua, he's standing literally and metaphorically at a decision point. He's standing on the edge of the Jordan and he has to decide to cross it or not. He's lived among these people all his life. He knows the struggles and disappointments they've had in those 40 long wilderness years, or at least the part of it that he's been alive. He's known that it sometimes seems like the promises were never honoured. He remembers the time when decisions were made that turned out to be wrong, the disasters that unfolded. And now he's told to take charge. How does he feel? How would you feel? Suddenly told to take charge, lead these people on into this new place, this new nation. In the very short passage we heard, Joshua is told three times in the traditional translation to be strong and courageous, or in the good news translation that we just heard, note to preacher, check the translation before writing sermon, to be determined and confident. Strong and courageous, determined and confident. Why did Joshua need to be told three times, in as many lines almost, this to me there can only be one explanation that makes sense these are qualities he's going to need in that unknown future that lies beyond the river and maybe they're words that we all need to hear today because in a sense we all stand on the edge of our own unknown future Most of us won't experience the kind of physical upheaval the ancients knew. And yet there will still be incredible challenges for all of us. Be strong and courageous. Be determined and confident. And I am with you. That's what God says to him twice. And the other time he says, be obedient to my teaching. Interesting, I think, that he's told twice as often that God is with him as he is to be obedient. Perhaps we too need to hear that promise. Be strong and courageous. Be determined and confident because I am with you in your everyday life, in your everyday struggles, in sickness, in health, in confusion, In bewilderment, in getting it wrong, in getting it right. I am with you. We read these stories of people like Sarah and Abraham or Moses and Joshua, and perhaps it just all seems incredible to us. These were people who didn't have sat-navs and books. They didn't have backup teams. They just went on and lived the slog of an adventure with God. It wasn't all clean and sanitized like our television documentaries about people who go exploring. These were people who sometimes wondered, did God hear my prayer? Think of Abraham and Sarah praying a lifetime for a son. These were people who slugged on no matter how dispirited they felt. Think of Moses leading the people through the wilderness. And yes, they were people who got it wrong. Sometimes they took matters into their own hands. Sometimes they did all sorts of things that disappointed God and disappointed themselves, disappointed each other. But they went on a journey with God. And they were sustained, we believe, by hope. The letter to the Hebrews says, The hope in which these people travelled is only fulfilled in the company of us. As the story of God's people carries on through history, as that adventure goes on, it is with us that the hope that sustained them is fulfilled. Defining hope is tr- not easy. We use the word very easily, but actually, what do we mean by hope? Hope in the context of leaving home to go into the unknown. Surely nobody would be daft enough to risk everything on a whim. I hope God will be with me. It's got to be more than vague, wishful thinking, hasn't it? What was his hope? What sustained the people? You see, in God's call... These people somehow glimpsed something beyond the immediate horizon. Something that allowed the nonsense to make sense. Something that even when they were tired and worn out and fed up, even when the questions got so big, even when they stumbled and failed, a little glimmer of light continued to flicker. They kept on trusting that one day, one day it would make sense. And so we today take a few moments to reflect on our own journeys, our own hope, our own adventures. And also to call to mind those who drew us into the adventure of faith. Perhaps it was a Sunday school teacher or a youth leader. Perhaps it was somebody whose story you read about in a biography or saw in a film or on television. Perhaps it was somebody who lived in our time. Perhaps it was somebody who lived in ancient times. What we're going to do now is just to take a short time of quiet. Um, You should have found a kind of cut-out Christmas decoration thingy on your seat. What you might like to do, but there is no compulsion, is onto that to write or symbolize people who you consider to be adventurers, whether that's adventurers in faith or mountaineers or pioneers or people who um, encourage and inspire you to take that kind of step of faith yourself. And then there's, on that table near the um, hatch, there is a, a triangle kind of tree thing. Um, on which you can stick that if you so wish. You may also like to, as well as or instead of, take a little candle, which you can take home with you to be that light of hope for you in this Advent season. Or you might just like to sit quietly. Any is fine. So music is going to play whilst that happens, because I know we're not too keen on silence, we Baptisty type people. Um, That lasts about five minutes, and at the end of that, we will join in the litany for Advent 1, which has been put on your chairs as well. God of Advent Dispel the darkness of night Awaken us to your glory Destroy our heaviness of heart Awaken us to your glory Cure the blindness of our sight Awaken us to your glory Heal the deafness of our ears Awaken us to your glory Open the mouth that is dumb. Awaken us to your glory. Restore a gentleness of touch. Awaken us us to your glory. Encourage us in a sense of adventure. Awaken us to your glory. Bring us an awareness of you. Awaken us us to your glory. Look at the candle and know that Christ gives you hope. He comes to all who feel they are stuck in the wilderness. He comes to the fearful to whom the future is threatening. He comes to those who are feeling overwhelmed and to encourage wavering hearts. He comes to give us courage, to fill us with confidence. Our God is with us, Emmanuel. In our darkness... Maranatha come Come, Lord Jesus in our weakness Maranatha come Lord Jesus in our loneliness Maranatha come Lord Jesus in our fearfulness Maranatha come Lord Jesus come with your light come in your power come in your presence Come in your hope. Come and encourage us. Maranatha. Come,
3: Lord Jesus.
0: Let nothing disturb thee, nothing affright thee. All things are passing. God never changes. Patient endureth endurance attains to all things. Whom God possesses in nothing is wanting. God alone suffices we bring our prayers to the god of hope for a world where hope is sometimes in short supply let us pray lord of hope we come to you now to pray for people who may feel hopeless Whose hope has been broken or destroyed by circumstance, and to ask that you would give them a new, if different, hope. We pray for those diagnosed with life limiting conditions or terminal illnesses, whose previously unquestioned hopes for the future have been snatched from them, and for whom fear may be a constant companion. May they be upheld by your love, infused with your peace and given hope to live their lives fully and when the time comes to face death courageously. We pray for those who are unemployed or live with the threat of redundancy, whose reasonable hopes of security have been snatched from them and for whom anxiety may be a constant companion. May they be given your peace in their hearts, renewed patience and determination in their endeavours, and hope, both to live their lives fully and to face uncertainty courageously. We pray for those who are lonely, whose families or friends are far away or no longer alive, whose reasonable hopes of companionship have been snatched from them, and for whom isolation may be a constant companion. May they know your presence alongside them, enveloped in your love, and with your hope both to live their lives fully and to face the future confidently. Pray for those trapped by circumstance, whose reasonable hopes of normal life have been snatched from them, and for whom disappointment may be a constant companion. May they discover your joy welling up within them, a sense of peace and hope, both to live their lives fully and to face the future positively. We pray for ourselves, we who have known our own reasonable hopes to be snatched from us by situation or circumstance beyond our control. In the quiet, we name before you the constant companions undermine our hopefulness and ask you to displace them with your gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and temperance. Give us hope, both to live our lives fully and to face our own unseen futures, assured of your presence. We make our prayers in Christ's name. Amen.